Let us pray. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for who you are. You are Lord and you are God and there is absolutely none like you. To you be the praise, to you be the glory. Oh, Father, thank you. Lord, I pray that you will loosen my tongue and give me utterance. Father, oh, mighty God, you know all the things that you've laid on my heart. Father, I pray that you help me to bring the word as I should. And Father, even as I'm doing that, Lord, I'm praying that your children will hear you, not with just with their ears, oh Lord, but with their hearts and their spirits, oh Lord. Oh, Father, thank you. Lord, I continue to stand on your promise that says that your word will not return to you unless it has done the work for which you sent it. So it is, Lord, I pray that the word would would hover over each and every one gathered here this morning, that the word will not return to you until, Lord, the word has done the work for which you have sent it. Oh, Father, leave nobody alone. Father, worry them until they have done the word. Worry them, worry them, worry us until we have done the word you speak to us. Lord, I thank you. I bless your holy name. In the super mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior, have we prayed with thanksgiving. And those who want to hear said, And those who want to understand said, For you know the word of God says that when the word comes and you understand it, that is where you then will go forth with it. And that the evil one is always present. I don't care when you say they, they should, you bind them. They will, they, they see it. But you see, those who do not understand, he confuses them more. So my objective always when I mount the pulpit is to come in such a way that you would understand. So, Whatever I have to say, I want you to hear and hear it well, understand. And this morning, I want to let us know that if God just wanted to save you, and that was all there was to wait, he would have called you home the moment you received him. Is that true or false? Yes, but he leaves us for a purpose. He leaves us here on earth for a purpose. And our objective is to be more Christ-like. And part of being Christ-like is that we pass on, we pass on the faith to the next generation. Hallelujah. And so this morning, we are going to talk about passing on the faith to the next generation. But you see, This generation, I mean, the youth, there is so much attraction in the world for them and so many things calling them, calling their attention. But that's the generation, every generation has its own. When I was growing up, um, the youth today, they think we, we don't, you know, we just were born adults. 
You know, but I remember growing up and the Beatles and Elvis Presley and Tom Jones. They were there. Two of us. James Brown. I feel good. Hey, they were there, weren't they? But uh, some, uh, some way, somehow, these generations, it's a, it's a, maybe a little different. Maybe because of Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and we see all kinds of things. And so we have Pug Daddy and uh, Snoopy Dog and uh, Snoop Dog and uh, Snoop Dog. Hey, I, you know them. And those people are stars. The stars from Hollywood. The stars from Bollywood. The stars from Nollywood. And people follow them. And Christians also go after them. And everybody wants to look like Kardashian. So I'm... Oh. Everybody has the same eyebrow. I refuse to have the same eyebrow with people. And everybody wants Tupac. Tupac. The rapper Tupac, they love Tupac and they want to follow him and want to be like Tupac. So when he was killed, people, people want to go to the grave with him. And people want to have abdomen, six pack. And they want to have a flat stomach like Kim. The challenges are there. But you see, I tell the youth that, oh no, my eyes are not following those people. I don't follow anybody. I don't follow anybody. I have one person that I follow and his name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. So you may be looking for your two-pack and you may be looking for your six-pack. But let me tell you, I have a three-pack. And the three-pack is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And my three-pack, hey, my three-pack. He says, God says he loves me. And he says, I should call him Abba Father. He's my daddy. So God is puffed up with love for me. That is why God is my pop daddy. And when I'm worshipping my God, the evil one wants to dissuade me and the evil one is Snoop Dogg. So why would I want to go to Snoop Dogg? So why would I want to go to Snoop Dogg? Why, 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 why do I want to listen to his music and follow him? And he'll take me places I don't want to go. For you see, when the Holy Spirit, who is part of the three pack, when the Holy Spirit ushers me into God's presence, I don't need usher. Usher can sing all he wants. I don't need usher. For the Holy Spirit ushers me into God's presence. And when I get into God's presence, I see his majesty. I see his beauty. I see his holiness. I see his love. I see his faithfulness. I see his majesty. I see his awesomeness. 
And that is where I bow and I say, wow, bow, wow. And this God who has my destiny in his hand. And he has asked me to call him Abba Father. He's my daddy. Therefore, I'm telling you and I tell everybody. I am the original destiny's child. So why would I go follow destiny's child? And dress like destiny's child. And listen to destiny's child. And Kabi is coming to Ghana. And some people pay big money to go and go and see her. She will be in town. But that same money, you can't put it in the offering. You have a problem. And so, that little thing that just done. Some people understood me. Some people, it floated over their heads. Generations, oh. Anamiwa. Generations. But the young ones were here. And so, because I don't want them to follow those stars, letting them know that there's only one bright and, bright and shining star, the morning star, name is Jesus, passing on the faith to the next generation is a must. Hallelujah. And so we come to Nehemiah. Nehemiah 13, 23, 31. I don't know how many of us were paying attention. But if you paid attention, it says that he got to the place and found out that the Israelites were marrying foreign women. Now let me, let me say that some of them also married the, the daughters were also marrying foreign men. But they were marrying foreign women. And he was angry. And he fought them and he beat them and he pulled out their hair. And I said to myself, I thought it was only women who fight when they fight, they pull hair. But he did that. And my question to us this morning is, what was the big deal that Nehemiah would react so violently towards the people of Israel. It was because it was sin and it was disobedience. If you would turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 27. Nehemiah verse, chapter 13, verse 27. And this is what verse 27 says. Must we hear now that you two are doing all this terrible wickedness and are being unfaithful to our God by marrying the foreign women. And it was not simply because they were marrying foreign women. No, the emphasis so much is not on the foreign women as what those women were bringing to the people of Israel. So it was terrible wickedness and it was being unfaithful to our God. In other words, it was sin, it was disobedience. And then we ask ourselves, why would God 
give them such a command? Why would God give them such a command? Slide, please. That will take us to Deuteronomy. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 3. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 3. Deuteronomy 7, verse 3 says, eh. Do not intermarry. And this is the command uh, Moses was giving to the people of Israel. And of course, it was coming from the Lord himself. And this is what God wanted him to tell the people. Do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons. Or take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. And the Lord's anger will burn against you and will quickly destroy you. This is what you are to do to them. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones. In other words, don't marry them. Don't give them into marriage to your daughters, to them, or your, uh, your sons to them. That was the command from God. And so being unequally yoked, that is what it means. Unequally yoked would inevitably, would inevitably turn the Israelites um, and his children away from God. Being unequally yoked. Unequally yoked is what? That you are a Christian and you decide to marry somebody who is not a Christian. The probability of that person misleading you or letting you leave your God to follow his or her God is high. And God is saying that that is being unequally yoked. What has light got to do with darkness? You worship God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth. This person you are marrying does not know me. Does not know the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And you want to marry that person. The word of God is saying, when you do, the probability that you will slacken off is high. The probability that you will leave your God is high. The probability that your children will fall away is high. And that's exactly what the people of Israel were doing. Look at verse 24 of Nehemiah chapter 13. It says, half of their children, that is when they married the foreign women. Uh, let's start from 23. Moreover, in those days, I saw men of Judah who had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. Half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod or the language of one of the other peoples and did not know how to speak the language of Judah. They did not know how to speak the language of Judah. In other words, when the priest gets up to speak and say, God is faithful. This is what God desires. This is what God wants. Because they did not understand the language, there was no way the children could, could follow what God, uh, the, uh, God was saying. And because they could not follow, they could not, so, uh, not also read. Because they did not know the language, they could not also read. 
So if they could not read the Torah, and if they could not hear the commandments of the Lord, what the prophets are saying, what the, the leadership is saying, what the priests is saying, what the rabbi is saying, how can they then worship God? And so, bringing it to us, if you're unequally yoked, he might tell you, this Sunday, no church. My children will not go. You have to do, uh, you have to cook my food, everything, finish everything before you can step anywhere. And that will have an effect on the children. So what does this mean? It means that the faith would not be passed on to the next generation. The faith will not be passed on to the next generation. And what are the implications of the faith not being passed on? Let's again look at verse 26 of chapter 13, Nehemiah. Was it not because of marriages like these that Solomon, king of Israel, sinned? Among the many nations, there was no king like him. He was loved by his God, and God made him king over all Israel. But even he was led into sin by foreign women. And I can even put, uh, later on, I can put Samson's name there. Look at what happened to Samson. Look at what happened to Samson. But here he's talking about Solomon, the one who was full of wisdom, the one who was full of wisdom. And yet, because of the women he married, who did not know the Lord God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him, the one who has said, Oh, I am holy, therefore you must be holy. The one who said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You must worship no other but me. Because they did not believe that. Oh, they led Solomon away. Maybe running their hands through his hair, they will say, Oh, you, this God will cry. Because maybe they enticed him with their looks. He fell for them. But he was taken away. From the things of God. Let us look at Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2 verse 10 through 13. And if this does not give you shivers, I don't know what else will give you shivers. Look at it. After the whole generation and that this, they've just come, they've come out of Egypt. They've crossed the Red Sea. They are into the promised land. And there is a summary that the writer shares with us. And this is what he says. After the whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the bells. What did you expect? What did you expect? They did not know the God who led led the people of Israel by pillar, by pillar, uh, by pillar of clouds. And they did not know this God who led them by a fire. And they did not know this God who opened the Red Sea for the people to cross. And they did not know this God who brought water out of a rock. 
And they had no idea about this God who led the people through the, the wilderness and gave them manna to eat. They did not know about this God who led the people through the wilderness and their shoes never got worn out. They did not see the power of God as he drowned the, the Pharaoh and his people. They did not know this God who was faithful to the people of Israel. How then can they say God of Abraham? How then can they say God of Isaac, God of Jacob? How then can they say God is faithful? How then can they say God is good? How then can they say God is love? How then could they say my God is merciful? How then can they say my God would answer all my needs? How could they say it? They did not know. And then the question is, how come they did not know? What led to they not knowing? And that is the one million dollar question. How did they not know? So it is about passing on our faith. Passing on our faith. And you can see that I've made our faith in red. Our faith. What is your faith? The faith is a body of belief. A body of belief. That I know my God. I know this God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. The one who sent his son to come and die for me. I know about this God who is faithful and who is so faithful and he is good. He's a God of faithfulness without injustice. Good and upright is he. He is wisdom. He is counselor. He is wonderful. He is my wisdom. He is my source. He is the source of my life. In him is life. In him I live, I move, I have my being. And it is this faith that makes me say, I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. That is my faith. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. That is my Dora Bote. That is my faith. That is my faith. And how can I live my faith? That is the faith that I must, I must give to those after me, the next generation. And then passing on our faith to the next generation. To the next generation. Look at Psalm 145. And that is what served as a call to worship today. I was so happy to see it. But listen, and listen, and listen. You should see my Bible where the things that I've under, underlined, the words that I've underlined, because they mean so much to me here. But this is what it says in Psalm 145. Listen with your, with your ears, but listen with your heart. Child of God, this morning I'm calling you to listen with your heart. Listen with your heart and let the word speak to you. Let the word encourage you. Let the word convict you. Let the word rebuke you. And this is what it says. I will exalt you, my God, the king. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and restore your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord 
and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation, one generation, one generation will commend your works to another. In other words, one generation. David is not talking, just talking about his own generation, but he is including you there. I see myself in that verse. I see myself in that verse. One generation. I, in a, a particular generation, and there is a generation after me. In fact, there are two generations after me. There are two generations after me. My children, my children's children. Oh, at this age, I have two generations that should come after me. So one generation, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the praise of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful words. So one generation will commend you and will tell of the next generation. And I will say, generation after me, let me tell you about this God who is faithful. Let me tell you about this God who is awesome. Let me tell you about what this God has done in my life. I can testify to his faithfulness. I can testify to his majesty. I can testify to his awesomeness. I can testify to his goodness. I can testify to his power. And you see, I am a product of my mother. For you see, if you think I'm bold, I get my boldness from my mother. I get my, I get my boldness from my mother. I get my courage from my mother. For I have seen my mother in situations. And she's, uh, she told us during growing up the things that has forged me as I am now. And so, sitting at the bus stop waiting for a trotro to come and a fetish, a fetish priest appears on the scene and everybody is falling down and everybody is falling down the way he is dressed and the, the manner with the, 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 the fearful things and the talismans and the things he had carried on his body as he approached the people and you do this and people will throw in money because they were afraid. They were shivering to the very soles of their feet. Did not know what to do. And he reaches my mother and he does all kinds of things and saying all kinds of incantations. And he asks my mother for money and everybody's looking and everybody is looking at my mother. And my mother turns to him and says, away from you. How dare you ask me? Who do you think you are? Let me tell you the very earth that you are standing on. Hey, it is my father who made that earth. It is my father who made that earth. I can call him and he will strike you away from me, away from me, far be from me that I will give you money of my Lord. Had no fear. Had no fear. She passed it on to me. She passed it on to me. She told us, I watched her. I watched her and her doings. And whatever God had already given to me, I added hers to mine. And I stand today. And I, oh, by the grace of God, want to carry that and pass that on to anybody who is here. And she, on her bed, when she took a medication that she reacted to, and she was in the hospital for more than two months. Oh, and she was almost on the brink of death. And she raises her voice and she says, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. What do you think that was doing to me? 
She was passing to me, the next generation, her faith. She was passing to me, her relationship with God. And I knew, and I said, yes, this is the woman who talks her faith. She walks her faith. She walks her faith. And that is exactly what we are talking about. And my question to you today is this. What about you? What about you? Are you passing your faith on to your children and your grandchildren? Are you passing your faith on? Or are you, you, you kept your mouth shut? And I tell people, and I say to you, you with the children, and I say it to you, and I, I, I'm always hopping on it. When was the last time you had a story time with your family? It is a night that you set apart, even if it's once a week. And you tell them stories about what God has been doing, had done in the past, is doing. And that your faithful, your, 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 your faith that tomorrow will be okay because of Christ. Do they know your story? Do they know your story? When was the last time you told them? Oh, daughter, let me tell you. There was a time your mother and I, all we had is one, was one CD. And we didn't know what we were going to do. But we went on our knees and we prayed. And guess, lo and behold, let me tell you what the Lord did. The Lord provided. The Lord did this. The Lord did that. The Lord was faithful. He showed us his goodness. He showed us his love. He showed us his mercy. And they will ask you and they will say, Hey, daddy, is that right? He said, yes, it was right. When was the last time you said, I was in my office one day and somebody came with this fat envelope and they wanted me to take it. But I knew that if I took it, it would be bribery. They will be bribing me. They wanted me to do something that God did not want. But my daughter, my son, do you know what I did? What did you do, daddy? What did you do, daddy? Daddy said, we pushed, I gave it back to him. I got up from behind my chair, uh, behind my table. And I told him, hey, away with your money. Keep your money. I don't need your money. I don't need your money. You cannot bribe me. You don't want me to go against my God. And uh, hey, daddy, you really told him that? Hey, but daddy, what if they had fired you? Oh, if they had fired me, ah, you think God can take care of you? Ah, you cry, and then you all laugh. When was the last time you had a story time? But I can ask you, when was the last time you gathered and watched Nigeria movie? But the day of accountability is round the corner. I said the day of accountability is round the corner. And don't think because you don't have any children, you are off the hook. You are off the hook. Anybody you come into contact with, by your life, by what you say, by what you do, you are making a statement to them. Hallelujah. Hmm. Passing on. This is something that I did for First Baptist Church. A theme I brought to First Baptist Church. Uh, when I was there years ago. So I pass it on. It's almost like we are in a relay. And your children are the ones. They need to have the word of God. Are you passing it on? Or you are keeping it? And underneath there. For what I received. I passed on. To you. As of first importance. That Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures. Okay? For I pass on to you as of most importance 
what I also received. And some says, give me the NIV, please. For I pass on to us first, of first importance. Of first importance. Eh? In other words, of first importance. Of first importance. And the question is, is that first importance to you in your house? In your house? So why is it of first importance that the next generation receive the faith? Why do we want them to receive the faith? Apart from the fact that it will be honoring to God. It will bring God glory. For, like I said, even as we pass on the faith, we are being more Christ-like. But some practical reasons why. It is only by faith that the next generation will live. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. If you would, turn to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And um, this is what it says. 2, verse 20 says, I am crucified. Huh? I am crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now listen to this. The life I live in the body... I live by faith in the Son of God. So if I, the life I live, the life I live, I, the life I live, I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. It is Christ who lives in me. Oh, that life, if I'm going to live that life, I must live it by faith. It is faith that would enable me to live that life. It is faith that will enable me to live the single life. It is faith that will enable you to live as a married, uh, a married couple. It is faith. It is faith. It is faith that will lead you to live as a child of Christ. And then we are able to stand firm because of the faith. Second Corinthians, second Corinthians. 124. 2 Corinthians 124. Listen to it. He says, Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy, because it is by faith that you stand firm. That you stand firm. Not that just you stand, but you stand firm. I can stand firm as a Christian because of the faith. You can stand firm as a, as a single person, as a youth, as a married person, as an employee because of the faith. You can push back the envelope, the bribe because of faith. I can stand firm. I can stand firm because of the faith. So the next generation needs the faith. If they are to stand firm, they must have the faith. Your children, as you've sent them to school, you've taught them they've gone to school. Now they're seeing their friends doing all sorts of things. Mommy is not there anymore. Daddy is not there anymore. In their own hostel, in their own apartment. How can they stand firm? How can they stand firm when they see that, oh, my friend or friends are sleeping around? How can I stand firm? How can she stand firm? How can she stand firm? Without faith, she would not be able to stand firm. 
And today we are saying, pass it on to them. Pass it on to them. Hey, my daughter, let me tell you when I was in school, some of the things that I did to be able to stand firm. When was the last time you told her? When was the last time you told him? Stand firm. They're able to stand firm. Then we will walk. We'll be able to uh, walk. Eh? And then we'll overcome the world. Please, if I were you, I, you can, not unless you can tell me you can remember all the references. I can see one or two people taking down references. But you, me, my mind is not like that. I cannot keep those verses. Or between, hello, machuni eflo. Minchuni eflo. Minchuni eflo. Ao, nani mwae, kwa wani la chajami. Minchuni eflo, lo. Ao, nani mwae, nami mwae. God, have mercy on me. It's my sweat for nothing. I was praying to God, you were eavesdropping on my prayer. And then we overcome the devil. We overcome the devil. We overcome the devil by faith. And Ephesians 6, 16. Put on the shield, that shield. Eh? In Ephesians, we are told to, that the devil will throw arrows at us. Temptation will come. He will do all in his power. He is like a roaring lion. And he wants to devour. He wants to devour. But how can he not devour your daughter, your son? What does your son or daughter have that will prevent he or she from being destroyed? Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So that without faith, the devil, oh, you, you are easy target. The easy target. The arrows will come. Whatever you do, the arrows will come. The question is, are you ready to shield, to protect yourself? For the shield is the thing that will protect. And it is faith. Hmm. But maybe you are not, you are not saying because you yourself, you don't have it. If you don't have the faith, how can you pass it on? So maybe today the message is for you to build it. For you to build that faith. So that you can pass it on for you to build that faith in the present economy. Let me build my faith. Let me know that God will not leave me nor forsake me. I know that. That is my faith. I'm holding on to it. I'll live with it. I'll stand with it. I have it. I have it. And I can pass it on. And it is necessary for Christian warfare. But then Jesus said, all difficulties are overcome by faith. And that, I think, is our last reference. Um, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. 17, verse 20 says, Because you have so little faith, I will tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a master seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there. And to move. When we finish, if you are interested, if you are interested in having a seed, I think I've given some to us before. But if uh, you don't have one, you can see me after the service and I would, I would let you have one. But that is, says, he didn't say if you have a faith as big as a mango, as big as this pulpit, 
No, he said, if you have faith, as small as a mustard seed, what faith is in your hand? That small faith you have, you hold on to it, and I will. You will do wonders and you will overcome. When was the last time you told that to somebody and passed the faith on to somebody? The question is, will we be found faithful having passed on the faith? If we can have a time of reflection using this song. Let's listen to the words. Listen to the words. Let the words minister to you. Let the words encourage you. Let the words propel you. believer on a journey then you are a pilgrim so then this song is for you reflect we're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road and those who've gone before us find the way Faithful, encouraging the weary, their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race not only for Discover 